Oh, God, Tim, we're back, and I see you're having a coughing fit already. I hope we can get through this one. We'll be uh, fine. We'll be just fine. Uh, and you, you, you know, you got to be ready. Next week is the Builder Show and Kitchen and Bath. We're excited about that. Yes, uh, trip to Vegas. Haven't been in Vegas, and God, it's been nearly a year since I've been in Vegas. How about you? Uh, probably the same amount. But I'm I'm shocked by that because you're uh you know you you play the ponies. Yeah, never got to Vegas last year except for one trade show. This trade show last year. But anyway, um, we're going to be at in Vegas at the Builder Show, as we mentioned, and we're going to meet up at um, the booth of our next guest, Tim, our next guest. Well, it'll be one of the many booths we go and see, but this is a partner we've been working with for about a year, and we've had the pleasure of seeing them at PHCC. In fact, we met our guest at PHCC. That's right. Um, we know several of the other uh, people that are that work with the company, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about some a product that's maybe not that unique, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Should we should we bring him on? Let's do it. All right, we are excited to bring on Eric Schultz. He's the director of product management for Advanced Disposers with Insecurator. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. As we mentioned, we'll be at uh, the Builder Show, and we will be. At, we understand that you in per- you'll be there in person too, right? That's correct. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. By the way, we're really looking forward to the opportunity to chat with you guys. I'm a fan of the show. Um, at Farscape well, is next week. Yeah, we'll have our booth uh, there. We'll uh, be showcasing the next generation of product uh, that we just launched within the last uh, few months, just at the late fourth quarter last year. Um, and uh, the next generation of food waste disposers that's introducing some key performance improvements as well as ease of installation features that we're, we've been working on for quite some time and really looking forward to uh, bringing to market. I was just going to say for anybody going to the show, uh, and Syncurator will be in booth 1839, and that's in the North Hall. Uh, one of the questions I had right off the bat, I mean this with all sincerity, and it's hard-hitting. Disposer or disposal? What is the difference? Are they the same? Can you clear it up for us, Eric? You know what? I can uh, clear it up um, and make it as clear as mud for you. <laughs> I've actually debated that terminology for the entire time that I've been working here. Yeah, at Insecurator, um, over twenty years now, and we've gone back and forth on, uh, you know, disposer cartons, on copy for brochures, instruction manuals. You know, it there really is no um, incorrect way to refer to it. You can okay. sort of use those interchangeably. Um, and in fact, if I probably look through all of our materials, we might find some inconsistencies between how we even refer to. Is the thinking like the disposal, like a larger appliance? I want to remember back in the day, the disposals that you, it was like almost the size of a dishwasher. Remember those things? Yeah, there was um, actually at one time, it's going back many, many years, uh, General Electric, to, uh, the brand or the brand name of their disposal was the GE Disposal. And ah. so a lot of people kind of people interchanged that, that Disposal brand name with disposal. Um, but to your point about the size, yeah, that's correct. Uh, the, the, the trend over time has become, you know, more efficient with the overall, you know, the design envelope of the disposer to get more productivity and efficiency out of a, you know, a smaller space because that space under the sink really is at a premium 
yeah. with homeowners. But if you look back, like in our museum, we've got several archived disposers, and some of these from the 50s and the 60s were gigantic. They were made yeah. of cast iron components and grind chamber, and they weighed a ton. Well, I was reading that in Canada, you're not going to go to this, they call it the Garburator. That's correct. The Garburator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one quite frankly i never got uh, yeah those are, I all i can kind of see that garburator always threw me for a loop yeah well, well not to ruffle feathers real early in the process oh i had a i had a, a a buddy that happens to be a plumber mm-hmm. um talking to him a couple of weeks ago and i had mentioned we were doing this podcast he was like seriously what's there's no value in having a garbage disposal under a sink he said it's a waste of money. I was like, come on. I've always had one. Most of every builder I know that builds houses puts them in because consumers want them. And he was like, ah, it's a waste of money. So Eric, as a professional in the industry, talking to a professional in the industry, what's the value of having a garbage disposal? Well, if you look at it from less so from a trade perspective or an installer's perspective, the actual user of the food waste disposer. Um, it's an incredibly, um, I'll say, efficient and convenient appliance to have in your kitchen. Um, it's, a, it's a very easy and productive way to maintain the hygiene of your kitchen. And when you think about uh, meal preparation or just, you know, discarding old, you know, materials from a, a refrigerator, there's really only three options that you really have for disposing of food waste. You can, you know, throw it into the garbage um, you can put it through your food waste disposer or you can compost. Um, and there's, you know, there's pros and cons. Composting is certainly a viable alternative in areas where it's practical. And it's not necessarily practical, practical in a lot of areas like in high rise, you know, housing developments where you don't have the ability or access to an outdoor composting bin. Um, but the food waste disposer is actually a very efficient way to, to dispose of food waste and food scraps, and most importantly, um, in an environmentally friendly and compatible fashion. And that's a big part of our messaging for the, the disposer and the overall garbage disposal category. You know, kind of as the leader in the food waste disposer category, we're trying to drive advocacy of the food waste disposer as an environmentally compatible way to dispose of food waste. So in addition to that obvious convenience factor of just flushing food scraps down your, down your drain and grinding them up and not having to worry about the smell and the garbage or composting, um, actually the way if you do dispose of your food waste materials through a food waste disposer, what happens is it will flush through your drain line, obviously, to a wastewater treatment facility. And at the wastewater treatment facility, depending on how it's equipped, um, at a minimum, it will be able to harvest the biosolids that are part, a key component of the wastewater slurry and repurpose that as fertilizer. And in fully capable wastewater treatment facilities, they also have the ability to capture the methane off-gassing that escapes during the processing of the wastewater treatment and actually can repurpose that methane back to the grid. So, you know, my reply would be, you know, to that, that contractor, you know, put yourself in the, in the shoes or the kitchen of your homeowner that you're calling on. Um, and in addition to that convenience factor of disposing of your food waste conveniently and hygienically, it, it really is the most, uh, you know, environmentally compatible way to do that. And you can make a, you know, through a little small difference, you can make a big impact on the world every day just by using your food waste disposer. Okay. So what I love about the plumbing and heating industry, um, 
is the advancements in the technology. People think of plumbing and you use a plunger and you're just, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. And the products that come out like a toilet probably hasn't changed in what, a hundred years, but there's things like Amazon Alexa connected to it. Now, as far as I know, that hasn't happened yet with the dis- disposers, right? <laughs> yeah, not yet. We've done um, a lot of research over the years and trying to better understand where, you know, consumer trends are going in the kitchen, mm-hmm. not just with food waste disposers, but with other appliances as well. And um, try to better understand as we moved toward uh, at one time, the big buzzword was IOT, you know, Internet of oh, Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the interconnect. Remember that? The interconnectivity yeah. of yep. all the appliances. Did you see it uh, manifest itself in, in refrigerators? You can see with the smart interfaces with refrigerator doors and interconnectivity with some ranges. But um, with the food waste disposer, you know, we've kind of explored that area a little bit and tried to understand um, you know, what possibility might exist for that capability. Um, what we have really consistently uncovered is that um, even to this day with uh, appliances, as some people would say, as you know, as mundane as a food waste disposer, there's a lot of uncertainty as to how to properly use it. Um, and a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of the issues that consumers have actually with disposers is because it's it's not being used properly. So we've been looking at some opportunities to make it easier for yeah. consumers to use a, a food waste disposer and take some of that uncertainty away. Well, the, the couple things that we saw at PHCC when we visited the booth, it was it was like <laughs> almost like hitting your, you know, knocking yourself on the head. Like, oh, my God, like there's two things I just want to point out. Maybe you can explain them. Sure. Uh, the dishwasher inlet plug. Yes. Tell me about this. That is uh, been an ongoing pain point for mm-hmm. uh, our disposers and contractors for a very, very long time. And essentially what the dishwasher um, um, inlet inlet connection is, it's if you do have a dishwasher, um, you want to connect your dishwasher to your food waste disposer. There is an inlet on the food waste disposer where you can connect a hose from the dishwasher to your disposer. So as the wastewater is discharged from the dishwasher, it can go into your food waste disposer and through your plumbing. Mm-hmm. But it's important... <laughs> If you are intending to connect your dishwasher to the disposer, you have to knock out the dishwasher plug. And the way a disposer is manufactured is the upper portion of that disposer is um, as a plastic molded housing. Mm-hmm. And there's a little, a little, um, I guess, opening or port in there where you can connect the hose from the dishwasher. But in order to make it functional, you have to take a screwdriver and a hammer and tap out that little plastic plug mm-hmm. that um, is inside of that dishwasher connection. And if you don't do that, well, obviously, with the first time you run your dishwasher, you're going to flood your cabinet yeah. and flood your kitchen. And uh, it, that's a problem that still happens uh, today. People will connect the connection to the to the garbage disposer and, and forget to knock out that the the knockout plug. With the new generation of the disposers that we just launched, we actually redesigned that dishwasher connection area to include a removable dishwasher inlet plug. And we've uh, designed it in such a way so that it's mistake-proof. So instead of having, uh, you know, the installer to, to remember to put the disposer on its side and knock out that plug before you open it, it's a simple twist out plug that you use an mm-hmm. Allen wrench to remove. And the way the plug is designed is you cannot connect the dishwasher hose to the disposer without removing that plug because yeah. of the way it's designed. So we're, we're making an attempt to try to remove that, that long running pain point that we've had with the, the dishwasher inlet plug. 
one of the other things we saw was the Easy Connect cord, which is my understanding has also been a pain point along the process. And you've rectified that by creating this new solution. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the big driving factors behind the, uh, the most recent next generation of disposers that we launched was to not only build on the key performance attributes of the disposer. So the grind performance and the noise reduction, we made a conscientious effort to, um, upgrade the design of the disposer to make it easier to install. And that's something that we've identified through, you know, research over time. You know, we know our, our installer audience here. These guys are experts. They know how to install a disposer. But broadly speaking, you know, the vast majority of disposers that we sell are replacements for disposers that have already been installed and have failed. And I'm kind of generalizing here, but once a disposer fails, it's an, you know, an unexpected occurrence or happening and your disposer's broken, your, your kitchen sink's basically broken. There's some urgency there to get that repaired. People are either going to pick up the phone and call a, a contractor, a plumber, and install it for them, or if they consider themselves, you know, handy enough, they'll do it themselves. Um, and what we found is that, um, you know, whatever opportunity we can find to improve the installation or the ease of installation is certainly a benefit to, you know, the the DIYer that's installing the disposer. But it, and then, complementary, you know, anything we can do to help make the job easier for plumbers and contractors as well. And that is the the big significant advance with this next generation that we we just launched was that new Easy Connect system. And essentially what we've done is we've redesigned the electronic interface on the disposer and made it, I'll just call it um, uh, external. Whereas with, you know, legacy disposers or current disposers, you have to remove the, you know, turn the disposer upside down, remove the terminal plate cover, feet, you know, fish your fingers inside there, pull out the wires, the live and the neutral, and you've got to wire them and pigtail them together and kind of tuck it all back inside and put the, the terminal plate cover on. And um, it, it's been difficult. Um, and we've, you know, received feedback over the years. That's kind of cumbersome to do that. With the Easy Connect, what we've done is we've made the electrical coupling between your power source and the disposer more external. So we've designed this new uh, proprietary interface where it makes it very easy to, if you have a hardware connection, take the wire, the power cable coming out of a wall in your cabinet, press the, the leads into an adapter that fits into a plug that um, basically slides into the bottom of the disposer. If you have a corded installation, we have a cord that already has that adapter attached at the end of the cord, and it just slides into the bottom of the disposer and locks in. Um, the best way I can describe it without a visual aid is thinking about like with a computer laptop, when you connect the power cord to your laptop, you've mm. got that power brick and the cord that goes into the wall, but then you've got that other end that just kind of plugs into the laptop and then you're done. It's a very similar type of operation to help make that electrical connection a, a lot easier and simpler. Are these, you know, is this easy connect? Is this for specific models or? Yeah, the, the new Easy Connect system is in the next generation of disposers that we just launched um, mm -hmm. about five months ago. Um, we have how we go to market is we basically offer three tiers of product. You can think about it like good, better, and best. So we have a standard level of product, which is our the contractors and your audience know very well our Badger models, our Badger One and Badger Five, which is an entry level basic disposer. But the new next generation disposers kind of fall in a line with that better and best categories. And the better and best categories we're calling the power series and then the advanced series. And those are good descriptors of what those models stand for. And again, through our market research, we've kind of identified three key customer segments in the disposer marketplace. There are people that just want basic functionality and a good 
value offering and a good, reliable, basic disposer. And we handle that with our standard offering and our badger disposers. But there are two other distinct groups that we're addressing with this next generation offering. And the uh, better offering or the power series, those are targeted at homeowners or users that because of experiences they've had with perhaps prior disposal failures or um, just incidents they had attempting to try to grind different types of food, they're looking for more power and more grind capability. So the power series takes our proprietary multi-grind technology and introduces some additional stages of grind to make those disposers grind better. And then for the consumer at the very top that's looking for the best capability, we not only have our proprietary multi-grind technology, but in the advanced series, we offer technology to help make the disposers much quieter than a standard disposer. And again, that was another key benefit need we identified through research with consumers that, you know, consumers are starting to make the connection between quiet performance and premium appliances. And the, you know, the dishwasher category did a great job of kind of mapping out that ground of quiet performance as, you know, a nice attribute for a product. And so we, we've been pursuing that with uh, our disposers at the high end in our advanced series. And that easy connect system is available in both the power and the advanced series models. So providing products that are Easier to install for contractors. Uh, it's just, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great solution. I was just wondering off the top of my head, um, mm-hmm. when you say easier to install, is there like a time, like, do they save ta- 10 minutes? Is it, is there like some sort of time reference that you can provide or? That's a great question. We're actually trying to um, actually quantify that um, a little bit better than how we currently do. Um, it really depends a lot on the individual, um, you know, whether um, they're how handy they are with tools. Right. And um, there's a also. Oh, to be, I, I can imagine like going into a homeowner's house and you're installing one of these and you're out in 10 minutes and you give them the bill and you're like, I was only here for 10 minutes. How can I, how can you check? Well, you know what? <laughs> it's fair. That's a very interesting comment. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you in some of the discussions I had with some contractors as we were developing this easy connect system. I, I recall very distinctly some contractors telling me point blank, look, you know, if you're making this look too easy, it's yeah. going to be a little bit harder for me to justify, you know, the, you know, the price I'm charging to come out and install this. So it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but, you know, there was a little bit, you know, some, some sincere feedback in that comment. Yeah. I am kind of tongue in cheek, but there, I, I have heard that before, you know, you know, you're only in there for, well, you're paying me for my experience, not the exactly. actual time that I'm, <laughs> I'm here. So. Yeah. And it, the way our mounting system is designed as well, um, you know, it's been a standard mounting assembly for Insyncrator for a very long time. And it's very simple to replace. If you have an Insyncrator disposer, you can leave the pre-existing mounting assembly in the sink. And you basically just, you know, first shut off your power, but then you mm-hmm. disconnect the power, disconnect the plumbing, and you s- simply with, you know, spin it off the mounting assembly and you can twist the new disposer back on. And if you have similar, like a like for like replacement, all of your rough ends are going to match. And it's just a matter of reconnecting your electrical and your, and your plumbing. Um, very. So quickly. if I want to go from a Badger 5 to a Contractor 1000, that's just a matter of switching out the units, not any other housing or anything? Yeah, no, Tim, that's a great question um, as well. We made a conscious choice with this next generation of disposers at the very beginning when the paper was still white yeah. that we wanted to make the rough-in dimensions of this new power series and advanced series match the rough-in, the key rough-in dimensions of the Badger. 
food waste disposal. Okay. Now, the Badger food waste disposal is the most commonly installed food waste disposal in the United States. And we felt, you know, it would make it a heck of a lot easier to install if we match those rough-in dimensions and make it very easy for someone to upgrade from a Badger disposal to one of the new Power Series or Pro models in the Advanced Series. Which is good for somebody like me because I've recently done that. We had, you know, a, a contractor build house that came with a Badger 5 and we did upgrade to a 1000 because I used the sink a whole lot more than what a Badger 5 would have given me the, what the, I needed it for. So, yeah, uh, that's one, one of the key messages we always try to push out when we're, I know, at least in person at key trade shows, PHCC and saw you guys there. And then mm-hmm. at KBiz is, you know, this at a very high level, this, this idea that there is a better mousetrap. You know, people tend to think about food waste disposers as sort of a utilitarian product, like a mop bucket or something that's kind of shoved into the cabinet under the sink and it's not real sexy and you don't really talk about it much. But, you know, this is what we do. I mean, we've been in this business for a, you know, over 80 years. You know, the food waste disposer was invented by the founder of our, com- you know, of our company, John Hammes. Um, we know a lot about food waste disposers and we've been working on improving the performance and adding value to that to that uh that appliance to make to make it more desirable so you know when tim and i uh, do a podcast we do our very um lengthy due diligence <laughs> background stuff so i was reading that uh the using a disposer can reduce overall gwp uh, global warming potential numbers is that is that accurate well, yes um, I, I don't have the specific number that I can tell you. Got a couple of things here that I, I can share with you more mm. from the environmental perspective. Kind of going back to that point I was making earlier about using your food waste disposer to dispose of the food waste is an environmentally compatible, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, choice. The average family uh, produces about 800 pounds of food waste per year. I think wow. that's quite a bit amount, and that's one of the most significant con- contributions to landfills. Actually, is food waste. And about 75 to 80 or actually 75 to 90 percent of that food waste material is actually water. So if you think about when you put that food waste material into um, into your plumbing and, and sending it to a wastewater treatment facility, you have the capability, again, to either repurpose those solids, that 15 to 20 percent of solids in the food waste, but also capture the methane that off gases mm-hmm. from the, you know, the decomposition of that organic food waste material. If you send it to a landfill, there's two things that are going to happen. It's it's as the food waste decomposes, it's going to off gas and produce um, significant amounts of methane, um, which is you know a noted uh, greenhouse gas. Uh-huh. Um, and then it also has a potential to, if I'm going to use the word correctly, um, the leachate, which is the term that they use to talk about the groundwater and the infiltration of impurities uh-huh. into groundwater beneath um, landfills. That there's an opportunity, you know, for, you know, waste toxins to leach into that groundwater supply. So by diverting it from a landfill, you're doing a tremendous um, effort and contribution to reducing the amount of greenhouse gas that's, um, you know, as a result of decaying food waste. And and, and also I read that, uh, and this, you know, I was shocked when I read this, the disposer uses less than 75 cents per year to operate. That's correct. 
<laughs> I would think it would take 75 cents just to activate it every time you turn that switch. Think about, you know, we've done some studies on that and, you know, and, and estimated about how many times per day a disposer is actually used, mm-hmm. um, you know, how many meals, and it varies. There are some people that use their disposer four or five times a day. There's some people that use it two, three times a week. You know, it depends on how many meals you prepare at home and so forth. There's a lot of variables there and how many people are in the household, and as you can imagine. But on average, if we think about Three times a day, you know, the disposer used maybe for a breakfast, lunch, and for dinner. And then the amount of time that the actual, the food, the food waste disposer is actually run is not very long. And most people are typically running it from, you know, 15 seconds to maybe 30 seconds at most. Um, and if you add up, you know, do all the math and calculate that out, it really comes out to be, um, I think the actual term we use was de, de minimis. It's a, okay. a, a minimal amount of power. That's actually used. And the reason why we've actually looked into this, because we've had consumers and, and tradespeople and contractors ask us about, um, you know, how energy efficient is a food waste disposer and are there more energy efficient disposers than others? And at the end of the day, the amount of power that's consumed by a food waste disposer during an average yearly use is very, very minimal. Um, and the differences between different models is, is you know, very, very minimal. If you haven't heard, Navian's new NPF Hydro Furnace is on the market, and they're offering an unbelievable incentive to try it. This new furnace from Navian is 97% AFUE Ultra Low Nox, and has an industry-leading variable capacity ranging from 15 to 100%. Right now, contractors can get a $1,000 gift card when they go to NavianFurnace.com and submit their first NPF purchase info. Again, that's a $1,000 gift card. NPF purchases must be made between January 22nd and April 15th, 2024, and submitted through the form at navianfurnace.com by April 20th, 2024. See full promotion details at navianfurnace.com. Don't miss out on this great promotion. Now, you've played a role in leading market research, uh, product design, product strategy. One of the things I'm curious about, as you're going through this process, what kind of stuff are you dropping into the disposer to see if it will tear it apart, dispose it? Or you're going, oh, no, that should not be dropped in there. And what are some of those fun things that you get to do to see if you can destroy your own products? Yeah, we've done some pretty um, interesting things over the years. Um, we, in our design validation and testing protocol, we do some extremely aggressive grind testing. Um, we actually use frozen steer rib bones. So that's right, correct. Frozen steer rib bones, um, you know, many, many ounces of those. We'll run pounds of those through uh, a cycling on and off test um, to basically, you know, pound the, you know, the daylights out of disposer prototypes, you know, to see how much abuse that these different grind components can take. Um, We've used wooden pine cubes um, in other types of uh, tests as well to, you know, really stress test the capability of the disposer. And a lot of people tend to think, you know, hard items like bones are, you shouldn't put in your disposer. And actually the, the irony is, um, you know, bones can be put into a disposer. They just make a lot of noise and a lot of racket because of the way a food waste disposer works. And um, actually the, the things- Spoons not so much. No, no, <laughs> it's not so much. 
Um, you're correct. So yeah, the challenge really becomes identifying, um, again, because we dive so deep into this stuff, there's all different types of food waste. There's hard food waste like bones. There is um, rubbery food waste like chicken skins or raw meat scraps. There are fibrous materials like artichoke peels or corn husks. Um, there are um, one of the most problematic food loads people deal with is just vegetable peels, apple peels and potato peels. Um, so there's all different types of food loads that you have to take into consideration and design accordingly. And so the, there's multiple components in the grind system that all contribute to, to help balance and make sure that we can grind all of those different types of food loads capably. And it's, Including uh, stuff a- like fat and oils and stuff like that? Well, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, one of the things that we adamantly stress, and we put this in all of our instruction manuals and use manuals, is to never pour hot grease, um, like bacon grease or hot oil, down the food waste disposure. And, and that guidance isn't necessarily for the preservation of your food waste disposer as it is so much for your plumbing. Yeah. Um, and you guys and your audience knows what happens. Yeah. You pour hot liquid into a drain and Two feet later down your drain line, it solidifies, and now you've got a restricted pipe. So yeah. we always recommend to you know not use hot oil or grease. Don't pour that into your disposal. Like pour it into a can and, and dispose of that. Um, and then um, when you're running your disposal, use cold water uh, for, for a, a similar and related reason. Um, a lot of people think, well, should I run hot water to kind of help dissolve some of the fat and the food waste? And actually, we recommend using cold water because cold water helps keep whatever residual fat might be in your food scraps in a solid state. And so as you grind it up, it will flow through the plumbing without actually sticking to the, to the plumbing itself. I'm still thinking about De Minimis, uh, one of the Transformers <laughs> <Sorry characters. about. laughs> Well, I'm just thinking back to Fargo. Had they used a, a disposer instead of a wood chipper, all the fun we could have had today. Oh, God damn. I got a a (laughs) funny story to share with you for your interest. I was doing some research many, many years ago about how to effectively communicate disposer capability on the box of of the carton. So at a point of sale, someone could quickly evaluate which, you know, disposer was appropriate for them. We were trying to figure out a way to capture the capability of the disposer by using icons. And we were trying to show if you have like a small household, we only showed like one person icon, or if you have a large household, we had like three icons there to convey this idea, a larger household, more food waste, get a bigger disposer. And we had some respondents kind of go down that path. You were just going down of, well, does that tell me how many, what I can grind? What's my grind say, capabilities here? And we, we quickly took that off the consideration list. <laughs> One of, one of the things, uh, you know, I was reading is, you know, it it helps not eliminate, but, you know, in, instead of throwing garbage into your garbage and, <clears throat> and creates bacteria and and things sitting in your garbage, you're putting it in the garbage disposer and you're getting rid of it, grinding it up. But what what is a proper way? I mean, I don't do people like clean their disposer? What is a proper way to clean it? Yeah, that's a great question, John. Um, we get a lot of questions every trade show that I go to. All people, you know, ask that question. There's a variety of aftermarket products that are available that you can help to kind of help freshen and clean your disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Syncway doesn't manufacture any of those right now. We've looked at that, you know, possibility. That's one path that you can take. Um, another path you can take, there are some home remedies that you can use to kind of help keep your disposer smelling fresher, the new generation of disposers in that uh, power series and advanced series have what's called a removable 
uh, sound baffle. It's that little rubber baffle that you place in your sink flange. It's like what's been called a splash guard or I know uh, the, the sink baffle. And yeah. that's to kind of help prevent, you know, little particles of food or water from you know splashing back up into the sink when you're running the disposer. Um, th- that baffle is removable in the new power series and advanced series models. And so you can take that out, either hand wash it or run it through your dishwasher and kind of help clean up some of the gunk that can build up on the underside of that baffle. That is one key source of a lot of the bacteria buildup and the odor is the underside of the baffle. Um, as far as the disposer itself, really, um, what you want to do is introduce something to kind of help uh, scour the inside of the, the grind chamber, which is that, you know, that's the area at the top of the disposer underneath your sink flange where you drop the food waste. Um, and a great home recipe for that is basically, you know, take a tray of ice cubes, um, you know, and, and with your disposer off, pack a full tray of ice cubes in your disposer, add a tablespoon of baking soda, add a little slice or, a you know, a thin wedge of lemon. And if you want, maybe just like a, a quarter of or eighth of a teaspoon or a couple drops of bleach, and then just turn on the disposer and add a little trickle of cold water. And that ice and that baking soda will help scour the inside of that disposer. And then the citrus oil and the lemon and the bleach will kind of help um, deodorize it a little bit. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, that's a good home remedy that I like to communicate to people whenever whenever I have a chance to talk to them about that. Basically what I do, I, I actually use uh, cider vinegar ice and baking soda. Okay. Yep. Now here's another odd story. Years ago, I heard in the research and one focus group that I was doing that a woman said her grandmother told her to periodically put an eight ounce Coke bottle into your disposer and grind it up so that you would sharpen the blades and sharpen the blades. Yeah. And as you guys know, there are no blades. In the food waste disposer, it's a common misconception. People think it works like a blender where there's these spinning blades down there that chop stuff up, but that's not the case. It's more like a uh, circular cheese grater, as I like to call it. The food is kind of ground down in a, in a circular action. So I, I strongly advise to not use a Coke bottle. Yeah, to, to try to... What's a glass bottle? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing some of the stuff you hear. So, Eric, you've been doing this for quite some time with Insincorator. Um, What are some interesting things you've heard have been found other than, you know, like a diamond ring? Or what are some things that, you know, are interesting? And please don't tell me like fingers or. (laughs) No, um, we get, uh, you know, field return units that we get for disposers that have failed in the field. And we bring those in for analysis. And we've seen all kinds of things. It's stuff you'd expect like a drywall screw, you know, kind of gets dropped in, jams the disposer or change, you know, a quarter or a nickel or a dime, silverware, uh, things like that. Um, Occasionally things like small jewelry, which I guess is something you'd kind of expect, you know, could happen or you could see that happening. But anything that was like, what in the world, how in the hell did that fall in there? You know, Um, I had one contractor contact us and tell me that he had a consumer that said they had something jammed in their disposer and they couldn't get it unjammed. And he showed up and there was a dozen long stem roses shoved into the think flange and she had managed to grind about three inches of the stems before the, the disposer jammed um, because wow. of the, the dozen roses. Um, My question is where the roses like, like still 
in bloom or were they old? Because if they were still in bloom, she was pissed off and she rammed them down. <laughs> or if it was the result of like some fight that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Um, or, you know, I, I've also heard of people that will try to, uh, uh, one person tried to grind up uh, a used dish towel. And I said, eh, you know, I, I, it's dirty. I don't need it anymore. So I'll just throw it in there and grind it up. And, um, and never underestimate the, um, the ability of, of people to do things that will surprise you. Yeah, exactly. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, we'll see the Incinerator folks next week at KBiz. That's, they'll be in the North Hall booth 1839. But Eric, if somebody wants to find out about some of the new features and benefits of the new products that are out there with the Power and Advanced series, where can our contractors find more information out? Yeah, certainly, Tim. Um, I would direct them to go to, we have a specific landing page for our professional contractor audience. As I'm going to read it out to you here, it's insyncerator4pros.com. So insyncerator, as insyncerator disposers, for F-O-R pros, P-R-O-S. So all one string of letters, dot com. And they can get all the latest information about our new uh, pro models and our new next generation models that we just launched all of the features that we just talked about, the installation. There's also videos available to help them. If they're not familiar with the new product yet, they can uh, get that information there as well. Well, thanks, uh, Eric. This was a great conversation about the, you know, garbage disposers. Disposers. <laughs> or carburetors. <laughs> yeah, carburetors. That's right. Uh, it was fun. Thank you so much for jumping on. We look on forward to seeing you next week, too. Yeah, very much. Uh, I appreciate the invitation. I had a great time. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. This Appetite for Construction podcast is brought to you in part by PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially construction pros. It's a single clean energy source that can meet your project's performance, safety, and resilience goals while maintaining efficiency and lowering costs. See how propane can help meet your project's needs by visiting propane.com now. Propane, it's the energy for everyone.